Welcome to Skills for Life, a podcast about high-demand jobs that are shaping future opportunities. This show is brought to you by the North Shore Schools Foundation. I'm Kira Dorian, your host and a North Shore mom. Let's get started. Today on the show, I get to speak with James Turner. He is the Ops Manager of District 1 of Road Maintenance. James, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I am really looking forward to speaking with you because I, first of all, think that what you do is really interesting. It's one of those jobs that I see happening all the time. And so to get to know more about it is is great. But I also know you had this really interesting route to get to where you are today. So I, I'm excited to talk about that, too. So let's just start by having you tell our listeners what it is exactly you do. Sure. Here at Public Works Road Maintenance in Arlington, we're responsible for the district that's just north of 92nd. So primarily, we're concerned with the horizontal assets of Snohomish County in the North District. And by horizontal assets, essentially, I'm speaking about the roads, the bridges, culverts, and the uh, ditch lines. Uh, And that includes like asphalt maintenance and also some uh, sweeping, some back to work with the catch basins as well. So sort of a little bit of everything on horizontal assets. Wow. Okay. So that seems like something that we see happening all the time around us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you're going to see our people out and about every day. Awesome. Okay. So I know you had kind of an unusual route to get to where you are at Snohomish County, but can you tell our listeners how you got there? And then maybe we can also talk about what a more traditional route might look like. Sure. I guess... That's true. I did take a little bit of an unconventional route to get here at Snohomish County. I spent about 24 years in the United States Air Force building runways, maintaining runways and taxiways and uh, also air bases. If anyone's ever heard of the Seabees, I was part of the Air Force equivalent of that. And so I spent a long time, I think between 1989 to about 2014, engaged in that sort of activity for the Department of Defense. I got out and I spent some time working in the civilian world as in the private area. And then I spent some time working in North Carolina for public works. I got a little tired of that, uh, the nine to five, and I took some contract work. I guess I just wasn't complete with my traveling yet. I wanted to do a little bit more adventuring. And I took a job with the United States Antarctic contract working out of Denver, and six months out of the year, I would deploy to Antarctica. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we need a whole podcast episode where I just ask you questions about Antarctica. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We we can do that sometime. (laughs) But today is not that day, unfortunately. But listeners, you know, look out. That might be coming down the pipeline because what a cool experience that must have been. So, okay, so tell me then, if I'm a student, I'm in high school right now, and I'm thinking I want to be involved in public works, maybe with road maintenance, what does that more traditional route look like? You might spend some time in shop classes and feel fulfilled building things with your hands and spend a little time in labor or working on the farm. Uh, If you're someone with that sort of fascination, with that sort of enthusiasm, you might find yourself drawn to the crafts. And one of those crafts is, as I was speaking about before, horizontal maintenance of uh, county assets. And you would go to a government website and apply for a position with Snohomish County Public Works in the road department. So if I want to apply, what kind of experience do I need? Do I need any experience? And then once I apply, what does that trajectory look like for me? 
you know, we're in a time now where we're taking people with a minimal amount of experience. Mostly, it occurs to us that you can get people who have an aptitude in certain areas where they might not believe that traditionally they would usually have aptitude for it. So some of that background where you've worked in labor, where you've used a shovel before, where you've worked on a farm, uh, if you apply to that government website and it brings you to our application process, then if you graduate high school or if you have a GED, then you're probably qualified for that. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And so if I get accepted, what is my learning path going to look like? What, what kind of stuff am I going to be doing to work my way oh, up? This is a, probably one of the more creative and flexible career paths that I've ever seen in this trade. Based upon our contract, we're able to bring someone that's still relatively green in. And in a relatively short time, in a reasonable amount of time, they can basically learn the, the basics of the job, report to work every day, spend some time on the ground operating a shovel or an asphalt rake. And within a, you know six months or so, they can be transferred to the Vactor crew where they're working on maintaining catch basins. They can uh, move to a position where they're operating on the asphalt paving crew, working with BST, helping to install chip seal. They can work on getting their CDL qualification, which is their commercial driver's license. This is some of the stuff they can be doing in a reasonably short time. Wow. Once they have those skills, that allows them to kind of continue to move up in this trade, developing more skills and being able to kind of move forward in their career path? Absolutely. Yeah. People have been known to come into this position and then move on to other departments as well. So you get in, you build your skills, you build your reputation as someone who's reliable and eager to learn and curious and yeah, sociable too, that wants to work with other people, that's eager to work with the public. And you can negotiate your way through other positions and in other departments. That's fantastic. Okay, so let me ask you then, because you've been in this industry for a while, how do you see it transforming over the next five to 10 years as our students are coming out into the workplace? So one of the things that I started to notice was this transition from being an anecdotal sort of notepad culture of documenting the work and sort of handshake agreements is moving more into following asset management programs and documenting and tracking our work more responsibly so that we can be accountable and transparent and spend more time and more effort towards having information at our fingertips so that the public can properly scrutinize what we're doing as they should. That's getting more refined. It's getting to be more detailed. It's getting to be, it's growing, it's expanding. And that's, that's a good thing. Like it's, it's a really positive change and a shift. So that works well with the culture of the people that are coming into the business now because they have that awareness and they're more savvy than perhaps I was when I first came in. Right. That makes a boatload of sense as, you know, technology and all those things are getting more streamlined that, that this industry would as well. And that our students know how to do that, right? They do that at school all the time. So that makes a, a lot of sense. So what kind of student are we looking for? You talked a little bit about students who have experience on the farm or in shop class, students who like that kind of work, that they are going to be okay working with the public and good communicators. What else do you see being helpful in terms of really thriving in this environment? Again, those skills from the shop classes and from the crafts, that sort of thing that they're learning in high school, the trades, that makes for a really smooth transition. Ultimately, we get people from all over the spectrum. I, I think that it's it's safe to assume that if you're the type of person that likes to, to work with your community and serve your community, 
in many capacities. We have like this period of time where we're coming up on now planning for, and it's seasonal work. The winter's coming. This is sort of coined a phrase. We have a, a capability and a responsibility and a commitment to working during inclement weather at a, about a time when there are people that are pretty much stuck in their homes and restricted in their travel. Road maintenance is the team that's going to be out and about making sure that the roads are safe to negotiate. And one of those attributes that we're looking for are people that are willing to to be service-oriented and put their communities first. So and I, I don't know if that's really something that's specific to one type of student, I think, or one type of person. I think that actually people from all over can feel that responsibility to care for their community. Yeah, I love that. I love hearing that as well. It's, it's such a important thing to be community oriented. And I think we have lots of students out there that are, and this is a great way to serve the community, like you said. If I'm interested in this, besides shop class, what else can I be doing while I'm in high school to set myself up for a career in this industry? I would be on the lookout for events that we have in the public. Uh, and we have one coming up. It, it's something that I've never done before. But we do take time to visit schools. I would be looking for opportunities to, to meet directly with people from Snohomish County at one of these events. I love that. Okay, that's great. So tell me, I'm just curious what you love about your job. I know that you've touched on the community service piece. What else do you love about it? I spent most of my adult life in service to this country. And so the fact that I get to wake up in the morning and continue being useful and being a community servant, that's a big piece of it for me. Obviously, there's the attraction to the byproduct of all of our work, being visible and, you know, stepping out and seeing all of the planning and everything else being expressed in the paving of a new road or the installation of a functional culvert. Also working with community groups, local community groups like the sheriff's department or the local tribes. For me, that's really rewarding. Also, I'd like to mention, I think Part of the career path around here allows you to enter into this program and cultivate your knowledge of it, build your skills, and you know, spend an entire career doing this work. A unique part of this organization is that here in Arlington, at the least, we pretty much take care of our own. It's like a very tight-knit group, almost like a family sort of thing. There are days when people bring in food, they celebrate together, they hang out together. It's a very tight-knit organization that just continues that feeling of community internally. I love it. Okay, so I'm curious what advice you might have for our students. If you could give your 18-year-old self some words of wisdom, what would it be? At 18, I would really love to hear someone tell me to not let the mistakes of my past interfere with me looking into my future and being ambitious about it. Allow us to evaluate your qualifications once you've applied make a reasonable assessment about your qualifications, and then trust in our ability to see your potential. Oh, I love hearing that, James. That was really well said. Thank you so much for being with us today and giving us a peek into this field that has so many incredible opportunities for our students. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. We hope you'll join us again and remember to hit subscribe to be notified about upcoming episodes. Join the conversation on our Facebook page, Build Skills for Life. That's Build Skills, the number four, and then the word life. Are you interested in advertising as a sponsor for this podcast? Contact us at podcast at nsdfoundation.org. To learn more about the North Shore Schools Foundation, visit us at northshoreschoolsfoundation.org. Thanks for listening.